overall for initiative? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Did we decide when we're doing random facts? Oh, um... Dude. Hey, I got a two. It's random fact. I say that like I have a good random fact. <laughs> I rolled a nat 20, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. All right. All right. I got my dick. I got a 16. <laughs> I got a 14. Chaboy got a two. I have not... Four of my highest <laughs> on initiative. I am failing. Um... <laughs> So it's going well so far. Keep Mason out of the spotlight. So. <laughs> Take us away, my friend. And this is right, we'll... fate. Fate would have it that this might be a good episode for Danny to take the lead on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, we are literally talking today about the bards and the bees. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said we... that the podcast is over. He's, he's yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah. That's our magic word. Um, we wanted to take some time and talk about one of the more controversial topics. Um, as we've been talking about um, engagement, role-playing, um, maybe some inspiration for role-playing and character development. We thought it would be fun. I, I, I don't know if fun's quite the right word, but yeah, Definitely we thought it would fun. be fun. <laughs> titillating, <laughs> even? <laughs> titillating, yes. Sensational. Um, <laughs> if we dug into a more controversial topic, one that people don't always talk about, and have some sex education with our characters in RPG games, uh, specifically sexuality, um, and how it ties into our characters, how to uh, discuss and make sure everyone is on the same page, uh, and how to keep things separate from reality, um, and uh, basically uh, how to pick a safe word for your role-playing game. Do I, does, and, did that and, encapsulate it properly? What is your name, <laughs> good stranger? Oh, yes! My name is Danny. I am the tabletop tenderfoot of the group. Um, definitely the least experienced, um, but absolutely love role-playing and uh, playing RPG games. Well, this is Trevor... And as far as this topic concerns, I think it'll be a very interesting one for our group to tackle, uh, considering like our experience playing. Um, But to give a bit of a disclaimer before we get too crazy into it, like three of us are heterosexual dudes. So our experience personally is limited and we won't have all of the answers. We will have some answers and some experiences and what can what we think can work for different groups. If there are other experiences or other points that we should consider, we would love to hear that. I, I think I'm speaking for all of us is Absolutely. We I as a GM, I try to be relatively inclusive and make sure that there is a space for all sorts of things because uh, I consider this art and art imitates life. So we got to have space for those things. Um, Not that it has to be a central point in every campaign, but 
there should be space for it if people at your table want some space for that. I mean... Anyway, continuing with introductions, I tangented us way too early. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's it's me again, your boy Dave the Creator. Uh, <laughs> you are really sticking with that, aren't you? God damn it. Uh, it's me again. Uh, I'm here to haunt your dreams and um, tell you how to have a good time at the role-playing table, hopefully. That's my goal. Uh, I am Mason. Um one thing i want to add just to the disclaimer if we mess up any verbiage and stuff sorry it's not out of any intention it's literally out of ignorance so please let us know much like we've talked about in the past where in order for people to learn you have to create a space for them to do so we're trying to do that for people that don't know as much as we do if you know more than us please let us know and we'll try and learn more um but ultimately i think something that everyone should bear in mind during this conversation is Everyone is who they are, and you can do a lot to expand your perspective and the way you see things, but ultimately it is tied to your identity, however you define that, and you, there, there's going to be a limit to how much you can expand that, unfortunately, and role-playing games is actually one of the best tools to explore that, in my opinion, Yeah. but like th- th- that's, the, that's the kind of perspective I'd like everyone to try and come at this from. I think that's something we can all agree on. Is no, like, yeah, we definitely... I, I'm a straight dude. I can't. I can look at a guy and say like they are good looking, but I can't look at them and be like, "Wow, I want that." That that's just not something I can physically, emotionally experience. I can imagine it though, and the way I imagine it might not be real, but it's as close to real as I can get. If that makes sense, and that's kind of what. Sorry to completely hijack your your thing there, Dan. I just wanted to say that, and maybe that's a spot we could start on. Is like what is no, totally. real for people. I know it's jumping right to the meat instead of like the kind of nice itinerary <laughs> we had out about like huh. consent and stuff, but like that's that's the heart of it for me. Maybe we can come back to it. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I think. Well, and I just want to add one more thing: being the homosexual of the group, that does not give me a badge, or license, or any authority, or necessarily mean I have any more experience about these topics either. But just because it's a controversial topic, we don't want to steer away from it. But I think that this is an important conversation we're already having. um, And it's important for you to have with everyone in your party, because um, these are role-playing games for adults that can really be enriched by these subjects. But I think too, it's, good practice for the real world too (laughs) yeah to um just stay in that practice of hey we can be adult we can talk about these things and even joke about these things um where are those lines um and how can we use that as a positive tool to help develop our characters and ourselves and pushed along the story and at one point does that become unchecked and needs to be reeled in a little so i actually think a great point to talk about would be uh session zero and kind of our experience and where it popped up with in our campaign and then get into some of the meat if that's all right mason no yeah i jumped the gun a little so if we start somewhere better that is definitely ideal what what i brought up a little bit in our prep is that I am fairly certain as the GM of our campaign that I brought this up in session zero, 
<laughs> but also there was a lot going on. We picked like what theme of our campaign. We picked mm-hmm. like what the general tone was going to be. We picked like the location, you know, whether the location we picked, whether we wanted it to be like gritty realism or comedy or like, you know, somewhere in between. I picked um, what color of dice I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, super and, we, and we also all made characters in session zero. Yeah. Like rolled, rolled stats, did the nitty gritty, talked yeah. about group dynamics. And then I asked some very generic questions of, you know, what are there topics that are off limits? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I may not have done a good job of being explicit about, if I remember correctly. And then, like, you know, what what do you guys think about like sex scenes in the game? Mm-hmm. Which I probably wasn't that explicit about because. I didn't know these guys super well, so I probably asked it more like, um, do you got like do you think there's a place for, for romance or do you think no? I Are you guys gonna be cool if I flirt with you in a Scottish accent? <laughs> <laughs> do it. I'm not, it's good. <laughs> just wanna hey, make sure love, that's on I, the it's- I just wanna know if you want this on the rocks or you want it on my rocks, love. Um I, I, I don't remember clearly what happened, but I, I, I know we covered it to some degree. Mm-hmm. It was asked. I just don't remember the response being notable. Yeah, I, I, so, as I remember it, it was a pretty resounding meh because we didn't know like what the characters slash what the campaign would be yet yeah which is fair um so i think like asking the question outright at the beginning of a group getting together can be helpful because then if anybody has really strong opinions one way or another that's a place for them to voice them and Mm -hmm. to start the conversation but not everybody might be comfortable at that point so it's going to have to be an yeah. ongoing conversation. Yes. Because no, and I if, think setting that foundation of and bring it up later if something else comes up mm-hmm. like because revisit uh, to push forward a little bit like Danny is homosexual. I'm a heterosexual guy. I flirted with him very overtly as a character like a couple sessions in. Yeah. And I I remember at the end of the session, I said, hey, like, I just kind of went for that. Was it weird? <laughs> if it's yeah, weird, I remember, like, I was if not it's weird, we're done. this tonight. We're done, <laughs> and I won't do that anymore. But, like, that's how I envision this. Because they were hanging out in a brothel to put context in space. So, like, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, it was this- not. It was not out of con- like bounds. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't like I scene. was like, let's throw a bone to this gay guy that I barely know, and like <laughs> flirted with him randomly. I mean, it the was... scene. The scene. Just to give give our listeners a bit of an idea, like Mason was saying, it was perfectly contextualized in the scenario. But the scene was uh, the rest of Pitt and I had gone off to do something, talk to some NPCs. I think I was doing a performance. Um, on the stage, but 
Theo had gone off to the bar and was yes. kind of um, Danny the player was kind of being a little withdrawn just mm. because of it, it was the scene it was the scene uh, it was session two uh, yeah it was session two he didn't know what was going on and then in session two we walk into a brothel and a lot of explicit stuff is happening there um, it is a brothel, my lord. It's a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> so what I noticed as a player was uh, Danny wasn't, um, I guess, chirping in as much as he had in the first session. And mm. Trevor, the, the GM, <clears throat> like we were saying in a previous episode, he gave Danny the spotlight just to see what Danny would do. And that that was uh, kind of coming out of the shell moment that I saw as a, as, a, as a fellow player. So. Yeah, but but it also has to be an ongoing like. Hey, like we had this thing happen. I yeah. literally just flirted with you. Like I was quote unquote another character. But as human beings that can be like those lines can get weird without just like a straight up conversation of like is this oh is this cool like right are we oh are we as four dudes of mixed opinions about this okay flirting with each other and if the answer is no then that is fine Mm -hmm. then just say Hey, we're not gonna flirt with each other. Done so, like, done. what are the what are the what are the other lines? You know, other no questions. Yeah, so that means there's not gonna be any player to NPC romances, or if they are, they're gonna be very rom com and then fade to black. Yeah, they're gonna and... they're gonna be you know, pecks and kisses and maybe a few like vaguely flirtatious lines and then they go on a date and they have fun like you can have so many different levels of the way you want to handle your romance in the layers of abstraction you can have it literally be you say i'd like to go on a date with this person they seem cool during my downtime i want to go on a date and you're like okay the date happens and we move on mm-hmm. you can have no one cares about romance we're here to kill stuff so we kill stuff and we don't worry about romance you can have, it's not for me, but you can have role, you, you can play fatal and be kind of a very gross person, and on your stat block there's a thing for anal circumference, if Do you it. want that level of detail. <laughs> well, fatal, however, they, they have very questionable methods of gaining XP involving can the I, anal circumference. Do not I look up the book, it's bad, it is shady from the 90s, and it's part of why D&D has a bad name. I I need to figure out my... IRL stats. But, um, <laughs> while Fatal is a bad example, um, there are appropriate ways to do that level of detail if you're into it. It sounds very boring and pedantic to me, but if that's your jam, go for it as long as everybody's down. Um, and they, yeah, you can be anywhere word. in between. You ha- have a safe word piece. Um, you can go anywhere in between. But I think, I yeah. Sorry, I'll let you. Just, just find the balance, is all I'm saying. Well, and I think, too, is, like, what's important is don't immediately dismiss it. 
especially like in a ground zero, that's a good time. Um, but if you don't want to be the one dissenting voice when everyone's like, yeah, I'm down to clown, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, be the DM who has that environment that that person can text you and be like, Hey, can we not? Or like, Hey, I'm fine. If you, you guys do it. And if you create this with that character, but like, don't with me, uh, if that's cool, I just don't think this character is sexual, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think like not immediately dismissing it because it can really enrich and it's actually helped me drive um, the development for my character and make the character more real in my head. Because that situation popped up where Varric, the very handsome orc, very shirtless, very muscly, flirted with me. And I was, I'm like, I didn't expect this tonight. Uh, what would Theo do? <laughs> WWTD. Um, and now it's turned into this whole thing where, like, I'm kind of like, well, I don't think Theo really knows because he hasn't really had the chance to explore this, 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 and building all this in my head. Where now we're in these other situations and it makes for more realistic role play if I could be like, oh, I already know how Theo is going to respond to this because, of the, you yeah. know, yeah. I, I think it can really enrich stuff. Um, I I think it's a balance, but I I, I think you could actually do a disservice to yourself or uh, to the role-playing aspect of the game if you're immediately like, no, we're not going to do romance or this, because that's a part of life. That's like literally one of the biggest aspects of our life right now. We do very few things. We eat, we sleep, we drink, we play D&D. Play D&D, yep. Like we've all been, yeah, but like we've all been in relationships of varying sorts. I've been in lots of failed relationships before becoming married, and so like humble brat. That is an interesting <laughs> place to explore. Explore in in a fantasy world because it mirrors real life, um, <laughs> and does that mean it needs to be in every campaign or needs to be a focal point? No, no, but could it be an interesting side beat or could it be an interesting thing you could do between two NPCs? You know, there's lots of levels, David, you, you haven't talked much on this, so I'm interested to hear your perspective. Yeah. yeah um, just wanted to hop in and point out that our campaign where we run has, it has very, subtle but strong core of uh, coming of age or um, you said coming self-realization <laughs> um, yeah the German word is Bildungsroman uh, okay <laughs> but, my AP literature course <laughs> useful knowledge to <laughs> fun fact of the day American school <laughs> <system>. <laughs> um, but it, it's very much of a coming of age for all our characters and the hilarious thing is is that um, including some fairly recent revelations uh, two of the three characters are at a point in their lives where the coming of age should have happened a long time ago but um, even still, uh, through the in- 
inclusion of these problematic, I guess, subjects in role-playing games, um, these characters have emotionally grown and overcome obstacles together uh, and developed into very different people than they were from the start. And I feel that a big part of that is because we included these more problematic subjects. Um, it's like Danny was saying, you're not, you're not going to be able to replicate or even imitate life without including sexuality. And like Trevor was saying, does it belong in every campaign? No, absolutely not. But ours is a coming of age, a development, a maturation into better, stronger people. Um, and it was clearly needed in our campaign. Now, were there some situations where it was awkward? Hell yes. Super awkward. Um, uh, for, I... for a little bit of context, <laughs> to, to walk it back a little bit, uh, David's character, we've mentioned before, is a woman. David does not happen to be a woman. Wait, and, I'm not a woman. And, you had me so fooled. <laughs> and does not have the experience of, of being a woman. And we are all dudes. So we have zero female experience. But I didn't want to, as, as a DM, say, no, you're locked into this one particular thing. And I, I think that he has been thoughtful in the ways that he has portrayed it and the backstory that he has given to back that up. Um, I think at the get-go, like his character, Lestaria, comes, comes, kind of comes off as a like floozy. Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> and initially, that was weird for me, to be honest. It was but super weird. As... <laughs> as we kind of got into playing together and discovering a bit more about all of the characters, it became more apparent that that was an act that she was putting on to like disarm people. Yes. Which is, which is a realistic story to tell, uh, not just from a female perspective, but from a human perspective, you know, we put on acts to disarm we put on masks we put on facades to fit into different realms when i walk into work i am a different person than i am when i am playing <laughs> D, D. um because it's a different environment right because i'd get fired if i wasn't <laughs> yeah that's the biggest reason <laughs> i'd be literally shunned <laughs> But I, I think that that the like Mason said, it's cool to have a space where you can explore these different perspectives. And even if you are shitty at it, even if you are the tropiest of a trope, if you're at a private group at a private table, 
it can be an interesting exercise for you to go, okay, what if I was actually different than who I am now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be perfect. I said before we were recording that, you know, if you're broadcasting to the wider world, you know, a popular YouTube channel that was putting out D&D content, you'd probably have to be more thoughtful than yeah. if you're at a private table. Um, but with the, with the group that you have, it, it could be an interesting space, but you want to make sure that everybody's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we have these different dynamics in characters and what's appropriate. I mean, that's that's the first step at the table is making sure everybody is okay with the actions taken. Um, even if the actions are taken... Uh, at our table, we ask each other after the game. We're like, how are people feeling about this, this, and this? Because um, I think we all agree that uh, role-playing in the moment and reacting in the moment is a very important part of just the whole D&D game. Um, mm-hmm. However... We are cognizant of the rules we laid down in session zero. Yeah. So, what are we gonna? Since we're on the topic um, of Dave and role playing the opposite sex and how you shouldn't steer away from it, and it it really enriches role play. Um, when I sit down and I role play, part of it is, oh, like what are the things I can be that I'm usually not. That's like the obvious side of role play, but one of the things I really love about role playing too are the self exploration of like what are the parts of me I actually really want to work into this character. Yeah, and um, I think all the characters we're playing are super great because they're relatable to a lot of us. Um, but like I clearly relate to Mike the most, and that's gonna make sense. And I feel like out of the three of us, I'm playing like the littlest stretch of a character they're like the same height same color like they're half elf but i'm not a minotaur and i'm not a sexy serpent angel lady like (laughs) but even david playing that what i really love is it helps really separate and helps me discern the parts that it's like okay clearly when david's role-playing as starry and she's like asking to kiss me and stuff like that's not David. (laughs) This or that. But it's been fun to like watch and get to learn from you guys where it's like, okay, David really does have a flair for morally ambiguous situations or like she puts off this air, but like David really knows how complex people are and how many levels they can have and Mm -hmm. how good they can be at hiding how they care about other people or how they see themselves and their own insecurities and it was just so cool to see like oh david knows people and you can tell that Mm -hmm. because he knows how to make a really complex character yeah and it's just fun to pick apart and be like what parts of those are david uh to (laughs) to pull this back a little bit from like my gm perspective is David pitched this character to me and my gut reaction was like, I don't know David very well, (laughs) but like, you know that there's like a percentage of gamer guys 
who just make the biggest tittied character every time that they can <laughs> and it's for like just very awkward reasons yeah and so like that was like my my that was my first pass to be honest mm-hmm. and then he sent me backstory stuff and i was like okay like this isn't just going to turn into that um because like I I come from the background of being very cautious about respecting women uh, just because of, like, my family dynamic. Like, my dad was very shitty to my mom to get super personal about it. And, like, my mom handled all of the shit in our family. So, like sometimes I get like hyper defensive on that front and I go, let's not misrepresent women because women can be powerful and women can run the fucking show and women can do shit. They don't just have to be this like serving thing for men. Uh, but getting the backstory, uh, yeah, the eye candy, uh, type motif, but getting the backstory from David, I was like, Oh, Okay. Like, now I understand where this is coming from, and it's more complex, and I took a second to, like, digest, and also, like, get over my own thing, because that was something that I had, too, of, like, I had been a guy who had overly objectified women, and been the sleazy dude who was just trying to mix it up and go on flings. Men are pigs. It's true. Uh, so so I had to kind of get over that, but with like playing opposite genders, the more I think about it, the more I want to say go for it and try to really put yourself in oh, yeah. the other shoes because I think it could be eye opening. I okay so. How does that hit you, David? Because that <laughs> yeah, was, was that say. was a little <laughs> bit of a reveal. No 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 I I, I love it um. Playing as a different gender. Okay, so little history on me. Um, I have never found it. I've never found it entertaining to play uh, a male character um, because. I have always just known how they were going to react. Uh, it, it's it's a little it, it's something like how how would I how would I garner enjoyment out of something that I out of doing something that I know exactly what it's going to do. I I know what guys are probably going to do because I'm a guy myself. We're fairly similar in mentality in in like base instincts across the board now you can add complexity to that of course uh you know that's that's character personalities are just boatloads of spices on top of base urges Mm. and so when i came to this campaign uh, I had this story. I've I've always had stories in my head 
Um, and I'm like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to throw one of my characters, one of my favorite characters that I've created, uh, into a D&D campaign because I want to grow that character. Um, because as a, as, a, <laughs> as a prospective writer, you get to this point where you have, you have all the bullet points you can want on a character, but you don't have the personality. Um, you, you don't have that emotional depth that you have after you've, uh, you know, run a character through the ringer of real life and, you know, real life asterisk in this particular case. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, um, it had been forever since I had played a D and D campaign and, uh, it, this was my, my fuck it moment when I pitched this <laughs> character to Trevor. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to run with it. I want to play a female. I want to explore this character. Uh, I want to make this character uh, much more um, deep character than the one I had in my head. And has it been everything I ever wanted? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, play D&D. It's really fun. <laughs> um, uh, as, as the other as the other players have there been moments where like that has felt awkward I'm gonna let you go first Mason okay. because I, think... I definitely can talk about Starry since she's <laughs> slipped Theo uh, some proverbial tongue every now and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um really it was mostly like similar for you trevor like at the beginning i was like you know i'm like i'm cool with people doing that there's obviously risks involved because you never know like we've mentioned before we didn't know each other super well at the start so it's like dave can end up being a really cool dude and he's playing a girl awesome and he's wanting to explore that aspect of life that he normally can't he could also just be some giant perv who wants to you know get us all on rpg horror stories or it both. Can, or, or both. You never know. You know? We, the campaign isn't over yet. We still got time to fuck yeah. it all up. And like, you know, especially not seeing all the backstory, like, you know, that there there was a concern, like there was a moment where I was like, you know, session not like immediately, but like later on, like, you know, it, it could happen. Where like it could get like kinda weird. But I, early on I was like, we'll try it and see what happens and I'm not really out anything if it kinda goes a little south. But at this point in the campaign it's like I trust the other players I'm playing with at this point that we all have had conversations long enough that we know how we actually feel in the real world and that we're going to represent things appropriately the best we can. And so there's never going to be any intentful disrespect to any, you know, gender person or whatever else that is going to happen. It's not going to be that way. And anything that is like on an, uncomfortable side is not there for shock value or because like oh look at this thing but it's, it's it's there because it is an exploration of that in an appropriate way um mm-hmm. and, and that that's part of growing trust is like we certainly don't jump into any of that right at the gate it's just like hey dave's a chick and she's a bit of a floozy and we see what happens and then as we go anytime anything else comes up we have a conversation if necessary about it um so mostly just early on, and then after the trust was built player to player, 
no concerns because it's like we, we know each other well enough that it's not going to go there or and if it does it's in an appropriate way um you know anything that might be uncomfortable um the other thing is just early on um there was my, my initial thing was just like you know with there being a diverse group of characters male and female i'm playing pit the minotaur who is like 80 I, I am all for exploring all kinds of things. I really don't want to explore Pit, the 80-year-old Minotaur, having an interspecies <laughs> relationship with a 20-year-old girl. I'm not into that. Impotence. It, it's just... It's, it's a lot, she's very high-maintenance, man. It's a lot of work. And okay. my body just doesn't that work is... that way anymore. You know? Uh, um, but joking aside, like, that that's just... That is one... Like, I'm comfortable trying out, like, player relationships and stuff, but that's not one I wanted to explore. Um, and if it ever started to approach that, I felt comfortable saying, you know, I appreciate you wanting to explore that area. I really don't want to. Sorry. Never came to that. And I think Dave can probably say uh, he did also also did not want to explore that potential hypothetical relationship because there are people that have those relationships and are happy. I just don't want to explore it. It's not interesting. And it. I will genuinely say it is a little weird to me. If people find that interesting that's great i'm not going to judge that but that's just not something i want to experience personally in my imagination um that take that, that as is it is you know perfectly fine and that that's okay <laughs> that you know i i don't want to imagine myself doing that <laughs> um <laughs> that that's really my my whole bit there on that question there for you trevor is, is early on it was just you know curiosity where's it gonna go but as trust builds it you know wherever it goes will be fine and I don't want to be an 80-year-old furry preying on barely legal <laughs> teens. Good call. I recommend that road. Yeah. I do as well. Um, <laughs> keep you safe. <laughs> um, for me, I'll try to... I am going to try to maintain a level of candor just for the Please duty do. we have to the audience. Yeah. Um, but also because this is a safe place. <laughs> um, but um, I'll try to not go off too crazy on tangents either. Um, but I think, um, personally, my experience player to player has been interesting, um, particularly with David, um, because his player has flirted with me, has kissed me, has altered my memory. I actually don't even remember IRL if that kiss was real or not, or if like my character <laughs> just thinks that kiss was real. Um, I think the first time it happened, like luckily we had warmed up and playing for at least when yeah. it was first brought up. And like, I did what Theo would have done, but also I did what I would have done and what I did to many girls in college in college and high school which was played dumb <laughs> and I was like oh sorry thanks I love you too you're like a sister to me because <laughs> my first initial reaction was just like no I don't want to do this and and maybe I should start off like player to, to GM because like the first time it was brought up in the session I was initially like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. 
inappropriate. I certainly don't think Trevor's going to actually have sex with me, especially like Rachel's in the other room. <laughs> That's probably off the table. Um, so I was pretty like confident about that, but I was also kind of like, how do I feel about this? And I will say too, like part of me was like, and it must've been hard as a, as a GM because you were a man, the player was a man flirting with my, or the character with my character who is a man. And part of me was like, I never said this character was gay. And that was a great opportunity for my character to be like, whoa, 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 man, I don't swing that mm-hmm. way. Um, but it was also like, I hadn't decided yet for myself. And I was like, oh, yeah. crap. And you did a good job with like later, like I see him flirt with other people, but also you flirted with me as a woman too, who ended up asking me on the spot to marry her and i was like shit i really don't know <laughs> yeah. it was kind of fun to experience that because like if i feel that way imagine how theo felt man because he's like he's 19 20 as i certainly didn't have things figured out by then <laughs> yeah and I, I, as we got more comfortable <laughs> with each other as players i think we explored more explicit topics more easily yeah I mean, our second session was in a brothel, so like, we kind of op- no, yeah, we kind of came out of the gate strong. <laughs> that was on it, it. It was on the table. We were in a so, brothel. So it was it was on the table, um, on the beds, on the counters, mm-hmm. in the chandelier. <laughs> I mean, uh, but then it then it kind of transitioned or... <laughs> to being like a moment of comedy, where uh-huh. Varric would, because your first interaction with Varric, who I imagine is he's the bartender in a brothel he's going to flirt with everybody because he wants customers to stick around Mm -hmm. yeah so like i you were the first one who talked to him and so i just flirted with you as a reaction and then afterwards i went "Ooh, he is the gay guy in our group and i just Mm -hmm. literally came at him with a thirst trap like does that feel does that feel bad for him because i don't want him to assume that i think his character is gay just because he's gay like right no and i did have that second i was like does trevor assume and luckily you and i did have enough of a relationship and i trusted Mm -hmm. you especially like with our line of work but like there was that moment and so i do want to like say as a takeaway for the audience like just make sure you know what you're doing first and maybe don't drop it in the first session like because i think just role playing that's a harder part to role play and yeah, I think yes, people need definitely. to be comfortable role-playing with each other. But, no, I, I actually really commend you for sticking to that. And this is me basically giving you the free pass. Um, but I also, I appreciated it, too, because it did give me some stuff to help me role-play, even, like, non-sexual situations. Um, and, like, I I felt totally fine with it. And I it... I still don't know what is going on with my character's sexuality, but I didn't know what was going on with mine by the time I was his age. So, uh, yeah, player to player, it it was really interesting because I think, too, then it was like David's character flirting with me. And I was just like, I don't want this to complicate like gameplay. Um, Shit, I don't want this. And like 
David might have an idea of what he wants with where he wants his character's development to go, but like my character doesn't want that. And also this is a very vulnerable moment. I'm trying to resurrect my dad right now. And you're really going to bring this up right now. <laughs> Can I say something about that too really quick, Danny? <laughs> yeah. For, for context as well, because this is yeah. kind of key. Um, yeah, it is session key. session a it wasn't the first session it was a year or so in session a uh dave's character hits on and kisses uh theo mm-hmm. like it's on the cheek or whatever it, it was a failed attempt to hit on him effectively mm-hmm. yes was. i think my role my uh, constitution save was yeah good the next <laughs> session is when theo gets proposed to the very next session the session after that they are resurrecting theo's dad who we murdered didn't murder but killed um he attacked us technically um it was self-defense i promise um (laughs) we are resurrecting theo's dad dave's character comes onto theo again does kiss him this time for luck during the process of resurrecting him something goes wrong and she edits his memories so the night Two sessions ago, where she tried to kiss him, they did kiss. This is the context through which Danny is trying to interpret how Theo reacts. That is a very complicated situation to try and interpret. Yeah, yeah. It, we got we got pretty soapy for a minute there. We Theo did. Got, da- da- Danny went it was through the week. <laughs> Danny went through the ringer. Um, um it was awesome. And, and it took us a while to to build up to that. Yeah, yes. that was like after two years of playing. Because if like. if we would have hit that yeah. stride out the gate, it would have been difficult as people who didn't have a relationship outside of yeah the yeah. campaign. Well, and even then, like I I feel like because then I would have just fallen in love with Danny, and then you know I would have had to divorce <laughs> Rachel, and then. <laughs> It's happened. It would have been a mess. It would have been a mess. I have Everyone known to wreck been... my fair share of homes. <laughs> um, no, well, it was it was very interesting dynamic too because like I would say too naturally like I'm David. I'm probably the least close to you out of the group because like Mason and I had these car raids all the time where yeah. we could talk about some things, and then Trevor and I worked together the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was also kind of like a, huh, I don't know but like one of the problems and I don't know if problems is the right word but maybe one of the luxuries our group can't always afford is being the characters being able to actually sit down and talk and be yeah. like hey uh, sorry if this How is a, an unfair or like uncomfortable question but do you like girls or guys? Are you a red wine guy or a white wine guy? You know, (laughs) but when we're like in that situation and those little small decisions, it's like, okay, we can kind of talk about these and flush out and add some depth to the character. Um, Even though we haven't been able to sit around the campfire and everyone talk about their sexual preferences, which I mean, even if we had that time, that's not what I would want to waste it on, and that would be more awkward, honestly, for me. But I, it put us in a very interesting situation yeah. where I do think Theo and Starry do have this enriched relationship because all that happened, and Theo was able to be like, "Hey, like, I need you to know, like, I really care about you. You've done a lot for me, and I would die for you too. You, 
I owe you so much, but also, can we not do this right now? (laughs) 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 And, like, things have carried on, and... I, I, we, things hit a point later where Starry was basically threatening to leave the band. And I, I think, like, it, it opened up to later dialogue later, just being like, hey, you know I love you. You know I care about you. You know how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. Will you tell me what the fuck is up, girl? <laughs> that, that, you know, that's a conversation that probably should happen, uh, have happened. In game, yeah, yeah. And who yeah. Knows? <laughs> uh, so, so for like character to character timing. relationships, like two players trying to have a romantic thing with each other, I think it just boils down to like, is that is two people at your table, and for yes. us, that is two out of three. At other tables, that might be two out of five or two out of six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you're gonna give the go-ahead for that everybody else on the table has to be basically shipping that that couple right Mm -hmm. because otherwise like especially if you're married to other people at the table yeah (laughs) like how how much time are you going to devote to these two characters flirting and going on dates well you have three other characters sitting in the wings Ascent, like not watching because their characters aren't technically there, but but their players aren't playing the game, so they have to be okay yeah. with that story arc happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I'd, I'd hate it too if there's like unnecessary time put into that when it's like, hey guys, I just want to go fight elves. Like, yo, there, there's a dragon over there and it's breathing fire on top. Can, can we like, go do that? Get a room or like yeah. take a <laughs> cold shower real quick. <laughs> so like, in in ours like any quote-unquote sex scenes have been fade to black essentially mm-hmm. like there's some build-up there's some obvious something's happening uh i <laughs> i kind of personally as being somebody who's playing a role-playing game would struggle to go much farther than that because that takes it so far from the realm of the stereotypical like fantasy role-playing experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's a space for that, but there's probably a better game than D&D or Pathfinder or most other popular ones to get that done for you. Yeah. Well, and like, I think with good storytelling, you don't want to tell too much. Like, less is more in a lot of aspects. Exactly. And it, I I think it's fun to let everyone paint their own image in their head. Mm-hmm. Now, I, th- I think it goes back I, to that time investment thing, too. Of yeah. Like... I do want to bring up, uh, I guess, context as well, because... I guess that hasn't been mentioned, but in our campaign, there is a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of straight up mental illness um, to go around. Uh, It's the spice of life. 
It is the spice of life. Sex and mental illness. <laughs> Sex oh, and mental boy. illness. Um, oh boy. Now, the majority of it does come from my character, just because that's what... Uh, that's that's the level of thought process I put into building my character. And it's rolled out into the campaign. And I've worked very closely with Trevor uh, through all of this. But, um, you know, there, there's, there's a reason for it. We're not doing romance for the sake of romance. Uh, for me personally, it's romance for the sake of story. Like, why, why do these characters do this and for what reason? Yeah, um, like... It, it's it, very much... Sorry, there's just one last point. It's yeah, very yeah. much in-game. Everything I've done has been purely in-game. And out-of-game, yeah, we can talk about it, sure. But I'm not bringing any kind of outside influences into the role-playing game when we're playing. Um, and I think that's an important distinction if I'm if I'm even saying it right. like You, you didn't come in looking, I want to romance another player. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I didn't come in doing that. It, it, it was all organically built through the progress of the campaign and uh, we'll see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the point I was going to bring up, Dave, is just that in the span of the story we have seen for these characters, it is very feasible that both of the people that have expressed romantic, romantic interest in Theo would have genuinely developed that if it was a real thing that had happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, enough stuff had happened between all of them in the interactions they had had that it is feasible for them to have been like, you know what, I have feelings for this person, I'm going to put it out there and see what happens. Because he's he, Theo is sexy. He's powerful. He's thoughtful. <laughs> he's, he's always there for you. He's consistent. <laughs> He'll give you good berries when your tummy's sick. Yep. He smells like lavender and sage. Yeah, always. like they, they had it's built great. a relationship, and it was a feasible transformation of that relationship. I also do want to mention that um, Starry's relationship with Pitt is very much a. I'd say could be either father daughter or tutor and student. Yeah, that's the way um, I, I've always seen it as well. Yeah, it, and no, that yeah. that was something really fascinating that I I truly enjoy is just watching that naturally fall into place. Like we didn't Every talk about time. that at all. Out, out, out of the game it was just that just happened and it felt right it was like this is the beat of the story and and it, and it keeps it. happening though as well uh-huh. is the crazy thing like every level deeper we go into character stuff there, there's some way that their experiences line up in that same manner it's uncanny <laughs> frankly mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's weird awesome so, to witness uh we've we've danced around a little bit but what do you guys think we've talked about or what do you think about sexuality and character because i think that's hard to necessarily decide character creation unless you have a really strong idea um i can take this one a little bit um because uh i've mentioned before like pit kind of came alive 
at a certain point in the ca campaign where I didn't. I, the way I make a character is I don't. I, I come up with a concept of like they are this person who does this, and maybe this is why. And then I find out more as I play, and then I'm like, at, there's a point where I'm like, okay, this is them, and then I take it forward. Um, and I came in and I'm like, Pitt is a Minotaur barbarian who left his homeland for reasons currently unknown, and eventually find out he has a family back there. Cool, he has a wife and a daughter that he left, and eventually find out reasons why. Blah blah blah. Um, along all this, you know, we're hanging out in brothels, going to seedy places and stuff, and he's always been distant from that sexual aspect that has been somewhat, you know, has been present mm -hmm. from time Cause to the, time. Because the same bartender has hit on you yes. uh, as Pitt. Yeah, because that's his job, is hit on people and serve them drinks. Good old Barrett kill always um, And there's been hard. a variety of other opportunities where I easily could have pursued that, and I just kind of felt like Pitt wouldn't do that. And initially, my concept was, well, he he's still is carrying a torch for his wife back home. Um, recently... I've found out that is not actually the case. And while he is in love with his wife, he is a he is romantically attracted to people. He builds an emotional relationship with them. The sexual aspect is not something he typically explores. I could be wrong, but I believe that is called a romantic asexual. That's not something. Yo, yo. I'm rooting for you and Gildara. <laughs> I knew you would be. Um, he 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 engages in relationships with people. He creates emotional bonds. And the, the bond determines the nature of the further relationship. You know, he, he married someone he genuinely cared about. It wasn't like a loveless marriage or anything. He, he loves her like he would love a wife, but he does not have certain urges. I could be wrong in the interpretation of, like, pronouns and stuff. Sorry if I am. That's the best I could figure out with a bit of reading around. But it's not like I just decided, Pitt's going to be this. But that's how he became, and that's genuinely how I've ended up playing him without ever meaning to. And at one point, I just kind of had that thought, and I'm like, there's probably a word for that. And, and there is. Um, and it's a weird thing to play a character that way and just have that be who they are. It's another to come out and say, by the way, guys, Pitt's asexual. Like, I, it, for some reason, for me at least, it changes my perspective on that. And it, it's a weird thing to, like, because it's been in my head for, like, roughly a month or so. But it's a weird thing to just bring up. But it is a neat thing about Pitt that is kind of cool to share, and it sheds a lot of light on a lot of the interactions that maybe they've been wondering about. But that answer they've been wondering for would never really come up contextually in-game yeah. at the same time, right? He, he, he's an 80-year-old dude who's never going to be hit on by either of his two companions. He would never have cause to say, by the way, I don't love you that way. That, that's not something that would ever come up. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it's weird what what thoughts do you guys have about that situation it's kind of vague and nebulous but it it is just a thing like it, it developed that way and i find this thing out about this character well, that i've been playing for three years that's what i was saying about about this campaign having a core of uh coming to age mm -hmm. um it's it's not really competent it's more like coming to inevitable realizations this is how we've you know we started with strong core structured characters and three years later we finally have uh we finally have enough knowledge of characters to be like yeah you know on a subject like sexuality this is where my character stands um 
because of this, this, and this, and all these actions have taken place in the campaign, and that's been a natural growth. It hasn't been this, like, I'm going to come out and just be like, one day we're walking along and Pitt's like, yo, I'm asexual, bitches. <laughs> and then just, like, slap his ass and run off into the hills. Uh, no, it, it's been how he's acted, his personality, his force of presence, basically, and all the decision he's made up to this point that's uh, naturally led to that decision. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think as a GM, the decision I, I have to make is a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the fact that I really don't give a shit about the sexuality of any of my NPCs. As a baseline, I just consider them fluid. Which is a big change for me because uh, on, on the subject of male versus female, like playing different genders, like earlier in my DMing days, I had maybe 80% male NPCs and 20% female because I'm biased towards that as a guy. So if they said, what's the barkeeper's name? I'd be like, oh, it's, it's Matthias, you know? And I would come up with a guy character because I was more familiar with that. Hmm. And as I've gotten more experience, I've been more conscientious of mixing that up. Um, and I would like to keep getting better at, like, exploring different things. Like, I've even talked about how I use accents. Like, the traditional accents that I am good at are, like, British and Scottish and Irish and, like, I am also good at some American accents, and I think that would be interesting to do in D&D settings as well. Mm. Um, but mixing up those expectations. Um, because if, I'm, if I am playing an NPC and the player wants to flirt with that NPC, I'll just say, whatever, they might be down to clown. But, like, you know, what are you going to put on the table? You know, I have to make a decision very... <laughs> I, I have to make a decision very quickly. Is that person oh. married? Is that yeah. person in a committed relationship? Does Is that person whatever, whatever, whatever? Uh, is that person promiscuous versus prudish? And so I'll just kind of make those decisions on the fly if that happened. Because it's not a super common thing, right? Like, how many NPCs that I've thrown into our campaign have you guys tried to actively make out with? Well, you made a weirdly insightful gnome. Yeah. <laughs> that was... That, that was an interesting situation. You know, um, I, and I've, I've teed up some situations. You have... And, well, and I feel like... Sorry. And, and if, if the players don't swing at them... That's fine. Move on. The players mm-hmm. that means the players do not care. Yeah. And and not that there's no place, but maybe I miscalculated. Right? Um and that and that's fine because real people do that shit. So it's okay for your NPC 
to see this god of a level 10 character walk through the town and be infatuated and maybe ask them on a date. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I feel like you do a good job of carrying it over, not just with your NPCs, but in reacting, like you're saying, to our characters, because, you know, just deciding all my NPCs are kind of fluid until otherwise proven not fluid. Um, But (laughs) I think as a GM, you kind of have to react that way to your players' characters, too. Like, if you do want to throw something at them, you can throw them a same-sex situation or whatever, but, like... Mm -hmm. You also don't want to assume until it comes out, but it's also like. Mm-hmm. I also still have biases. Like, I still have way more hetero couples that show up in my campaigns and my NPCs than same sex couples because that is my bias. Um, and that is what I'm more familiar with. So, like, if I'm coming up with something off of the spot, that is what I'm more likely to to have happen mm-hmm. uh, and what I try to do to adjust that as a as a GM is to if I come up with a character that is a standalone character then I say okay like my like I'm gonna look back my last 12 characters have been straight or or they've been dudes or they've been whatever and then I'll go okay this one's gonna be different on purpose to counteract yeah. the sameness yeah, because there's, you know, we talked, I mentioned at the beginning, like, we can only experience the world in so many ways. We can reinterpret the stimulus we receive from the world in a variety of ways, but the stimulus remains the same, and our bias is going to end up showing through, and we can try and offset that, but we can never fully remove it. And so I have the same thing, right, where, like, if I'm forced to do something on the spot, just instinctively, because my players do something completely off kilter, and I have to pick up a random MC, NPC, it's a pretty high chance it's a dude who's, while his sexuality may not come up, would effectively be straight. Because that's the easiest thing for me to just make up and do on the spot and do well. Because that's what I am. So if you're in that spot, just like Trevor said, you can plan ahead and compensate for that. But, like, don't feel bad about it if it isn't a reflexive thing, you know? Because you, you, you can't overcome reflex but you can um provide insight into future decisions yeah that, that, i think a big where part you have of, the luxury of becoming an adult is making decisions about reflex because yeah. we learn well, all these things growing up and then we learn to moderate yeah yeah well and this ties into actually the two cents i want to throw in about sexuality and character and i specifically want to gear this to anyone in the audience who's creating their first character uh and that is you don't really have to worry about it um, yeah no you don't. less is more and i i've <laughs> actually personally enjoyed the reflexive moments i sat down when i was creating the first character and there is a part in the character sheet where it's like oh you can write motivations you can write values you can right flaws and i'm sitting there and i like thought about all these things and like i was looking back the other day and i was like i don't really stay true to half that stuff um but also that's because like this stuff has happened or like that just doesn't really feel like him now that i've been able to play my character Mm -hmm. and i i don't think you should try to pigeonhole yourself i think you should allow yourself an organic experience with the role play but also you're creating a level one character when you start 
they're not going to have like maxed out strength they're not going to be a master swordsman who already has it all figured out yeah. like who says they're they're a level 20 in their sexual on the the sexual portion of their character sheet too <laughs> you yeah. know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you get to figure that, that out yeah the the great point about that is like this portion of role playing is very optional yeah yes. optional. so like it may never matter in your campaign besides like you know, a one-off joke of you try to flirt with this guard to get in, but the guard assumes you're gay or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it might be this this one-off joke, and it may never come up again. Like, it may never be a thing in a campaign. The reason we're bringing it up is is some campaigns have it or have thought about it or have seen it in other medium or seen it in other, like... D&D live stream podcast or YouTube channels and been curious. Um, so this is just our like widespread take on it. But it may never come up and that is just totally fine too. Fun. Like right, we're... you you heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> uh-huh. We are sex explorers. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we sex we have those high seas for you. We <laughs> The the anecdote I would like to end with is we've we've done flirting back and forth with each other with uh the exception of me and Mason because uh, Pitt has very no clearly been <laughs> been closed off to that uh, yeah, but we're getting into Pitt, Pitt's backstory arc in this next character development Buckle section up, big so. Guy. Buckle up. No, just kidding. Uh, And, like, we've had everything from, like, players flirting with each other to, like, literally Lestaria casting Dream and having a sex dream with an NPC loudly while the other characters could hear. And, like, it was mostly comedic. They woke up to that shit. But it was also, like, basically starry stumbles off in the woods and is like masturbating and they don't know that she's casting the dream spell yeah yep. um, and 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 so we've had this like really wide spectrum of how our npcs and characters have and me as the gm have interacted and how we have a group have tried to figure it the fuck out because like it's i mean it's weird the thing I want to leave off with... Oh, sorry, you're not done? No, go for it. Like, we, we've had, like, a fairly, like, sexually active campaign. When we go to the doctor's office, we have to tell them that. Um, it's pretty healthy, yeah. But, like, you know, you can have the campaign be that, and everyone's having fun with it, and is having a good time, and is enjoying it. But if you as a player, like, don't want to explore that, that's fine. I've played dozens of characters. This is my first campaign really exploring it, and after three years, I can... F- officially say that like my character has decided he's not participating that's the summation of his sexual experience and if that's what your character summation is for whatever reason because you don't want to explore that but you're fine with other people at the table doing it that is also okay i here's my two cents um 
going to rehash it and rehash it over and over again, but communication is key, uh, especially mm. in this scenario. Communication, um, trust that is built either inside or outside the game, but it's there, is is very necessary for these types of situations. And a level of social awareness because um were things had no shut up (laughs) (laughs) had things had things played out differently in our campaign uh my character in pit uh could have had very interesting discussions but they didn't and that's nobody forced it um because i felt my character had enough social awareness to be like okay that's we're not going there because pit doesn't want to or we're not going there because theo doesn't want to um and i feel like the um danny and mason were doing the same thing throughout the entire campaign it's be aware of your social atmosphere, and that'll that, that'll get you a long ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to be clear that every time I flirted with any of you, it's because I wanted to draw you closer. I know, Trevor. and I didn't want to drive you away. But had I done that and not tested the waters or not talked about it afterwards, then it could just be something that like totally makes things weird for everybody no there's there's a very real world where just like one conversation after a session didn't happen and the campaign fell apart yeah Mm -hmm. right because we just like all misunderstood the context through which things were happening Mm -hmm. that could have happened at any point i watched a campaign on youtube essentially had like a character almost like a rape scene it was like mac yet yeah, they had a magic thing done to them that they couldn't consume and that person left yeah reason to do comfortable with it and like so i there if haven't gone near except sorry story escape and some sex trauma sorry story story but that is the result of implied with the elves of the worlds my like shit's shit's fucked up um and i i don't take a i don't take a lot of time going into that because there's enough of that shit in the real world Mm -hmm. that we can just kind of say some bad stuff has happened and she's been hurt before and that is enough yep to give everybody backdrop um so so that's going to be different for for people too i I would be i would be very hesitant of you know three out of four women being sexually assaulted in some form, I'd be very hesitant to bring up any assault or any anything like that mm-hmm. because that could be hard to suss out without yeah. a very think, blatant cup of t- conversation. I think now's a good time to recommend to 18 or older, pay attention. Like, respect if you do have... Mm-hmm. A campaign with younger people, 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, but we also probably don't need to tell you that because you're all adults listening to this, right? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. this is an adult episode, adults. Yeah, disclaimer. Listening. But to be honest, if high school me could hear anything, it's, you know, be conscientious. Don't put what you want out of things onto the other people that is true because mm-hmm. high yeah. school me would have been like dude let's fuck each other right now <laughs> let's do it yeah because because high school me didn't have a lot of perspective and didn't really give a shit about what other people thought because i was more self-centered than i am today well empathy is a learned skill to it's it's a skill <laughs> that that i've had to work on It's a a skill that's not being learned as much nowadays, unfortunately. I I work at a school. There is a larger and larger segment each year that is just like... Like, you know, the the age I'm at, like 13, 14. Morals go out the window at that age. We all know that. But there there still is a certain amount of empathy that is present, typically. But there's a lot of kids that are not learning that anymore, and it's it's frustrating and sad because it's a hard thing to try and teach. Mason... You just gotta beat them till they feel better. I'm sure that will get me a huge raise in my yeah. job. Yeah. Gotta teach them strong morals. Because that, cause that works. Well, that's yeah. worked in the past. Oh. On that note. Oh. Don't do that. Seriously, guys, don't do that. Tune in yeah. for the next episode. Uh, our characters and domestic violence. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Domestic violence. I'm, uh, that is a wrap. It will not air. What did it end on? <laughs> uh, it ended on, no, don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it ended on uh, next week. Uh, your characters and domestic violence. And I just like, yeah, I'm fine. Then. I'm fine if you edit that out. Oh, oh, I just end skipped on. to the recap because that's I said so all that and I'm like in my head I'm like oh no Danny no. <laughs> we're yeah, going I, with it I don't have the recap <laughs> so I don't want to re-record it so I'll start with some we're recap. live now yeah we're live now <laughs> recapping uh, consent is key you guys feel free to add anything um, make sure everyone in the group feels safe and feels like they're in an environment that if they are not okay with something they can bring it up um make sure you respect your fellow players um make sure you don't bite off more than you can chew and define your characters too much um but don't feel like you have to starve yourself of the rich experiences we get in life by trying to imitate that with your rpg game mm-hmm. yeah you guys uh, and else? and there's there's a space to have relationships and have sexuality in a role-playing game it's not necessary it is optional and it can be very enriching but it doesn't it's not a double-edged sword in (laughs) in fact it is so optional it doesn't show up in any of the rule books not many of them at least none of the good ones I mean, the rule books are themselves optional, so I'm I was sure making a joke, okay? Says about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> see you next week, guys. <laughs>